Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, March 23rd. We'll be here for the next hour taking your calls and answering your questions. So line them up. Those phone lines are open right now, 855-950-3835. If you happen to be listening on the TNC.live radio app, there's a button on there. You can call and dial right into the show. You don't even have to remember the number. So line up the calls. We will get to them in just a little bit. I have an open today. That's health. It is Wednesday, but uh, it's a free-for-all. Anything goes. Any question you've got, trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, health and fitness on the road getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. We can even talk about world events and politics and the economy and fuel prices and all of those things. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join me. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about where we are diet-wise, where we've been, what we've learned over the last eight years and where we are now. And I have some updates on uh, some things that I've been working on since I left the house. And we're, are we at three weeks now, I think? Sounds about right. Or has it been a month? I don't know. I'm losing track of time, but it's been a while. Um, If we go back and we look eight years ago, I really started first talking about eating uh, some sort of a paleo-based diet. And what paleo means is really only eating food that come from nature with very minimal, if any, processing. And then there were a couple groups of foods that we said really weren't human food. The big one was grain. The government has told us forever we should be eating 8 to 12 servings of grain a day. It's been the base of our diet. For about four decades and every year it gets worse. There's more and more grain, wheat, wheat flours, other flours, and all of our processed food. Human beings probably in this country probably have not gone a single day in their life without eating a grain. And yet it turns out we shouldn't be eating any of them, none. The the, the single biggest thing I believe human beings can eliminate from their diet to, to get healthier are grains. Then we could go to bad oils, but grains were the really big one. We we seem to see improvements in health within days of stopping grains. Now, the other food in paleo that was kind of disputed was dairy because it's not really human food either. You know, my line has always been when we were hunter-gatherers, we did not chase animals down and pull on their tits to get milk. We didn't start consuming dairy until we domesticated animals and started raising them on a farm. The reason I believe it's controversial is for some people, dairy doesn't seem to have any negative consequences and has quite a bit of nutrition. If we're eating good quality dairy, and that's a big, big issue. So dairy is still somewhat... um, somewhat disputed we are really accepting of fermented dairy basically yogurt kefir fermented sour creams um, products like that 
I, I think that that's actually a good part of a diet. That's a change. Over the years, I've kind of changed my mind on dairy. I've gone back and forth. But if we can start with really high-quality dairy and ferment it, especially with our specific strains now, I believe that's a good addition. So that was eight years ago. And we got pretty incredible results. I got good results when I dropped grains and went paleo. A lot of the listeners did. Then we really started looking at what may have been called low-carb paleo, where we're still eating true hunter-gatherer food, but we're also watching the carbohydrates because technically on paleo, you could eat all the fruit you want. And that's we've learned that's not a good idea. Fruit today is basically just nature's candy. If you're going to eat fruit at all, you should only do it if you're metabolically healthy. And if you don't know what metabolically healthy means, call me. We can talk about that. If you're metabolically healthy and you treat it like dessert that you have once in a while, then fruit can be okay. It's not health food like we think it is, not even close. We should really, really be careful with fruit. So we started going more low-carb paleo, and we got even better results, especially people who had blood sugar and weight issues. Low-carb paleo was awesome. Then we really started talking about keto. Keto ended up working really well for drivers because keto doesn't necessarily have much to do with food quality. Keto is really just about eating low-carb enough that you end up in ketosis. If you don't know what that means, you could call and we could talk about that. But keto worked really well for truck drivers. It was easy to do on the road. You can eat keto at fast food if you know how. You can eat keto out of restaurants and out of grocery stores pretty easily in the truck. We've come up with lots of ways to make it even easier in the truck to do. And it was each one of these progressions actually worked better. So when we got down to keto, for truck drivers, they lost weight faster. They got their blood sugar under control. We got them back to their two-year medical cards. And then we said, this is great short-term, but what if we combined? And, and this progression happened over a couple of years. Then we said, what if we combined the best of paleo or low-carb paleo with keto? And we developed our own diet that we referred to as NDK, nutrient-dense keto. That was even better. Now we started seeing people lose weight, get their blood sugar under control, memory improved, moods improved, digestion improved. That was what we thought was really probably the best human diet. For years, we've really promoted NDK. Now, let me say something about all of these diets. They all work. They're all good. They're all sustainable. They're all pretty easy to do once you learn how to do each one. They are, I believe, the healthiest human diets on the planet, any of them. Paleo, low-carb paleo, keto, nutrient-dense keto. But each one, as we worked our way through, became even more effective and we got better results, more results, and we got them faster. Then we actually started talking about carnivore, which even after six or seven years of keto and paleo and low-carb and high-fat, low-carb, carnivore seemed a little extreme. 
at first. But the more I thought about it, the more it really started to make sense. And we kind of started with our seven-day carnivore challenge. Somebody calls, they want to get healthy, they don't really know what, what they're doing, there's a lot to explain. I used to send them to my keto course, take the course, it'll teach you how. The seven-day carnivore challenge is pretty darn simple. If you can't understand this, I'm not sure how else to help you. Seven days of carnivore just means for the next seven days you eat animal products only. So meat, fish, eggs, and dairy. Those all come from animals, and you eat nothing else. And it's pretty incredible the results we got. So the pattern really became the more food we eliminate from our diet, the healthier we become. And doesn't that make sense? We were healthy before grocery stores existed. We were healthy when we ate in the wild. I can promise you, there's not a lot of variety in the wild. Squirrels don't come in 32 flavors and 27 different package sizes. Maybe they come in 27 different package sizes. Um, nature's pretty good at that. But they all taste the same. I've eaten a lot of squirrel. I'm, I'm tempted to, uh, I'm surrounded by them here. I'm tempted to try trapping one of the little guys. And I probably wouldn't eat him because I'm not that hungry. But black squirrels, red squirrels, gray squirrels, they, they all taste the same. There's not a lot of variety in nature. Variety is something we created and needed in our diet. And I will tell you this. The more I eat more natural food, the less variety I crave. I used to be one of those that wanted to learn new recipes, new techniques, new cuisines, because I always wanted something new. Like somehow I wasn't satisfied with all the choices I already had, and I cook a lot. Now, though, I find that I'm very, very satisfied on a much, much more limited diet. And I'm really satisfied. Like I'm really enjoying the way I eat. But I'm actually, for the last three weeks, I've been eating a new diet that I'm developing, and I think this is it. I don't know what might be next. I'm not sure if there is any next now. Fermented carnivore. And the way I'll describe this, to try to keep it simple, eat as many animal products as you want and as much as you want. Again, meat, fish, eggs, dairy. As much as you want. That should be the basis of your diet. And get variety with different animals, at least. Pigs, cows, chickens, duck, wild game is excellent. Uh, llama, alpaca, I don't care. If you can get an animal, eat it. Squirrel, whatever you can catch. Yes, bunny rabbits count. Rabbits pretty tasty. Eat all the animal products you want, including eggs and dairy if dairy doesn't bother you. But I would say this about dairy. Here's the other food you're going to add, a food group you're going to add to carnivore here. Because basically what I just described is carnivore. Eat all the animal products you want. Now you can also eat all of the fermented foods that you want. And even some drinks like kombucha and kefir are both fermented drinks. Yes, beer and wine are fermented drinks, but... Uh, not good for the diet or our health. I'm not saying you should never drink. I uh, had a couple glasses of wine in the last week or so. But the more alcohol we stay away from, the healthier we're going to be. So 
fermented carnivore. I've been eating it three weeks, and I like it a lot. I'm not measuring anything at all anymore. I've gone to the other extreme. I didn't bring anything with me to measure blood glucose, ketones, uric acid, blood pressure. I probably have a blood pressure cuff in here somewhere, but I haven't used it. Um, I'm not checking anything. I took off all my wearables, not wearing anything at all, not tracking anything. I just want to eat this way and see how I feel, and I don't want to be influenced by the numbers. There is that placebo effect. So I'm trying something different this time. Normally, when I try a new diet, I measure everything. The beginning for the first month or probably, well, till I get back home because I didn't bring anything with me, and I still don't know when I'm going to get back home. Um, I feel pretty amazing. I love eating this way, and it's kind of hard to describe. It seems everything in my health got a little better. My sleep is improving. Uh, my digestion is just amazing. I keep saying it's as good as it can get, and then it gets a little better, and I don't even know how to describe that. It's like I don't have digestion anymore. Like, I don't even know what's happening. There's no feeling. There's no sensation. Everything just works the way it's supposed to. I'm really enjoying this. Energy levels are good. Mood is good. Brain fog is gone. And not that I had a lot of those things anyway, but I, I feel even better. And I love eating this way. Now, here's how easy a meal is for me. And, you know, I'm eating like I'm in the truck. I really am. I, I'm not using like the kitchen the way I could be in here. Um, I fed yesterday my family. I'm in a campground right now. It's just gorgeous on the lake. So my family came out. There was two, four, six of them, I think, plus myself. So I cooked for seven people in nothing but the Ninja Foodie. Now, I spent a couple hours before they got here. I did a, a seven and a half pound uh, pork roast that I um, then turned into pulled pork and made several dishes out of that. I did some baby back ribs, mixed up a big batch of kind of a coleslaw-like thing that we use for a topping. Now, I'm going to ferment that topping. And I'll do that while I'm on the road because that topping I really like on a lot of different foods. I put it on top of tacos. We put it on top of BLT pizza. So I'm going to start fermenting that. I've done it in the past. I just didn't bring any with me. So I'm even going to do that fermented. But a super easy meal for me has been open a jar of canned meat that I brought with me pork and green chilies, turkey and green chilies, ground beef, shredded beef. Um, I just open a can of meat. I throw it in the microwave for about a minute. And I either pour, if I've got some room, I just dump some kimchi into the top of the jar cold and start eating it. I love that combination of hot, fatty meat and the cold, spicy kimchi with that bite to it. And it takes all of two minutes to prepare. When I'm done, I rinse out the glass, wipe it down, put it away, the glass jar that I canned the meat in, and that's it. Cooking, clean up, a couple minutes, really satisfying meal in no time. 
a, a, a meal for me like that I actually prepare would be taking out some uh, a whole pack of boneless, skinless chicken thighs or a whole chicken and throwing it in the Ninja Foodie. I can have a whole chicken done in that 30 minutes, all off the bone chicken with crispy skin. That's the way I've been eating. Um, yogurt, uh, plenty of yogurt on this diet, fermented foods, my drink of choice, uh, fatty coffee to start the morning, bone broth in the afternoon, finish the night with kombucha, uh, had a little kefir, lots of fermented vegetables, fermented um, kimchi, cabbages, sauerkrauts, things like that, and a lot of good fatty meats. And I am really loving it. So I'm going to continue developing this. I have a couple other ideas I want to do as well. So we'll keep you updated on that. We are going to get to calls. Phone lines are open. Jump in and join us. We're going to get started today in New York. Anthony, welcome to the program. Uh, Anthony, are you with me? Wait a minute. What's going on here? Yeah, I'm here now. Oh, there we go. Okay. And I thought we were having the same problem we had yesterday. No. All right, go ahead. That was me. I had you on mute, so you didn't get any noise. Okay, good. What what can I help you with today? So, so, uh, Kevin, the other day you mentioned that you you like to get back to people, you know, who've done things. So I just want to let you know, like a year ago, after your surgery on your hand, my daughter's made you a a keychain. That had Let's Truck on it at a power cord, and they also oh, yes. sent you uh, a card. Do you remember that? It just sent personal confidential. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, beautiful stuff. Uh, oh, you did get it. All right. I just want to make sure you got it because yeah, uh, I they also did that card. Right then, an email. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it went to spam or we never got it. Huh. Yeah, watch, we'll watch spam, especially lately with our with our Google address seems to be a little worse these days for some reason. Here's the thing, ah, you know, I, okay. I, I do mention all the time that when I get stuff online, like messages and stories, especially with what just happened, I try even if, and I sometimes get dozens, even a hundred a day sometimes with just went, what just went oh, on. Sure. Mm-hmm. And and I do try and I tell people, look, I, I know I'm not going to get to them all. I'll try. Um, but when I get personal stuff in the mail, like physical stuff, people actually take that. And it's almost always either handmade or something really special. Those I get oh, maybe, you know, six times a year. Or And again, I got more just recently or I got offers to stay on people's property I always respond to those right away. I mean, there's not many of those. So I I can respond to those right away. And I really, when somebody takes the time to do that, especially your daughters, I just thought that was amazing. So I'll even go back. It's possible I may still have it somewhere. I archive a lot of my email. If I can go back and find that, I'll resend it. Cool. Thank you very much. So, Kevin, Question: When you had your surgery on your hand last year, did they ask you questions? Are you taking supplements? Are you taking stuff? Because I'm supposed to get a shoulder surgery on uh, next week, and they're asking me what's the list of supplements you're taking. And I'm doing the Cardio Miracle, and that's the only one I'm taking right now. Sometimes I feel like it's none of their business what I'm taking, so they can't blame anything on the supplements. Right. So, you know, they probably asked 
I don't really recall a lot of that stuff. They probably did. They should actually. But honestly, here's the thing. You know, they have people coming in going through surgery that are on eight different medications. None of those Mm -hmm. medications have ever been tested together. And they've never been tested with any of the drugs they're about to give you in surgery. We know, though, that most mm -hmm. of the time we don't really see any life-threatening interactions. Are there some supplements that could have an impact on this? Yeah, but it's pretty minor. Nobody's ever died because they were taking a supplement, went to surgery, and didn't tell anybody. I mean, supplements have such a such an amazing safety record compared to drugs. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's not even close. Drugs are, are now one of the top leading causes of death in our country. And I don't mean illicit drugs. I mean prescription drugs properly prescribed by a doctor and properly taken by the patient kill people all the time, make them really sick, give them crazy side effects. Now we have drugs that give you other diseases. So the fact that they're, they want to focus on supplements is kind of crazy. Maybe you should straighten out all your okay. drug issues before you worry about what supplement I'm taking. Yeah, so I'm not going to tell them. They don't need, they don't need to know. So there, there's, so the there's is, nothing in there. So there are some mm-hmm. supplements that we could take that might thin your blood a little bit. So they might have more of a bleeding risk while you're in surgery. And, and again, you know, if you just want to say, I take this thing called cardio miracle, if the doctor's concerned about it, let him go look it up. You're not going to list all 42 nutrients that are in there. I noticed that does make me urinate more, the cardio miracle. You know what I'm thinking? I keep hearing this from people, and I'm looking at all the nutrients trying to figure out what could possibly do that, and there really isn't anything. You know what I think it is? And this is a sign that we probably have a lot of dehydrated people running around, and I know it worked for me. I'm bad about drinking during the day if I'm doing certain things. If I'm out in the garden, I always make sure I take a big water jug with Cardio Miracle in it when I work outside. If I'm doing other stuff, sometimes I just don't drink as much as I should. Then I noticed if I forced myself to take the Cardio Miracle, that's another 24 ounces of water I'm going to drink that day. I think that's the only reason people are peeing more. They're finally drinking Mm -hmm. enough water. (laughs) Okay. All right. So the the last thing then with with the shoulder surgery. Yeah. we go back to our ancestral. They never used hot and cold therapy. Like, how did we invent that all of a sudden or discover it? And you, you read a hundred different, you read a hundred articles, and you have three thousand different opinions on how much heat, how much cool. Like, what is? Yeah. What What's the that, story with hot and cold therapy? Yeah. So let's go back again because you're right. If you try to read the research, you'll find research that says it doesn't work at all. You'll find research that says it's amazing. You'll find a thousand different opinions on how much, how long, how to do it. Um, I would ignore most of it. And I would just experiment. Nobody has done enough testing on enough people with enough variety to know that we should do cold for 20 minutes. That's all bullshit. And and look, we publish stuff like that too. But it's just a matter of opinion. We have to start somewhere. We have to tell somebody, do this. 
But just like food, I tell people all the time, you need to experiment as much as possible. None of this stuff is set in stone. But let's look at this. Where did it come from? I'm a big believer in this. I always say, let's go back to how we lived in the wild. That's how our bodies evolved over hundreds of thousands of years. They adapted to those things. So it doesn't, we don't need to know why. I don't really need to know why this works other than when we lived in the wild, do you think we were a constant 68 to 70 degrees and, and perfectly comfortable all the time? Nope. Hell no. I just experienced it coming across the country because if I wasn't plugged in with my coach, I couldn't keep my heaters running. I was waking up in the morning and the coach was in the 40s inside and it was damn mm-hmm. cold. And you got to get up and you got to start, you know, I might have to wash some dishes. The water's cold. I got to go outside and do stuff. It's cold. Then there are times when we're really, really hot when we're outside. That's just how we evolved. That's how our body learned how to adapt to things. We adapted to cold and actually our body heals things through extreme temperatures. We build stress resilience through extreme temperatures. That's why my stress busters protocol has both cold exposure and hot exposure. That's how we evolved. And now we keep our bodies at constant 65 to 75 degrees all day long. And I just don't think it's good for our health. So, yeah, I just it's not that these things are so amazing at healing. And I wouldn't do them only because you're going in for surgery. I would do them every day. That's what makes our body healthy. Okay. Understood. Understood. And I would I, um, I don't know how long. I mean, for me, yeah. um I'm a I'm kind of an extremist. That's just me. I know it is. So the the company that makes the sauna blanket says you should only, you know, they maybe limit your time to a maximum of an hour a day and work your way up and maybe do that two or three times a week. Well, for me, why don't I try an hour a day for seven days a week and see what happens? What could it hurt, really? All of those things are natural. Infrared light is, we get infrared light from the sun. We get really, really hot if we live in hot climates. Sweating is good. So, if I don't feel any negative effects from doing it three days in a row, well, then I'm going to do it four. Why not? And cold exposure? Well, if three minutes makes me feel really good in a cold shower, what if I do six? What if I work my way up to 10? What would be the downside? So sometimes, you know, we, we, we need to listen to people who have done the research and they have some ideas, but sometimes these people get like, Nazis. Like, no, I said you got to do it this way. Well, how the hell do you know? So, sure, take these ideas. All of it's really been proven to work. Don't do it, but but don't don't feel like there's some set of set-in-stone rules out there that if you don't follow, this isn't going to work. Understood. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, I just thought of something else. You know how sure. you, you, you do Bulletproof and then you Paleo Valley with their um, fermented beef sticks and uh, yes. any other? Now, they have other products on their line. I know you can't check everything, check them all, but it seems like some of their other products are pretty good. Is there a particular reason why you don't support those 
or don't mention those products? Is it only because you didn't get a chance to test them all, or you only feel that's the only product is good from Paleo Valley, let's say? No, that's a good question, and I'll I'll explain why most of the time. Um, You know, most of the time anymore, it's not like I would have to do a lot of testing. If I look at Paleo Valley's products and they have their – their green drink and yeah or yeah look we know enough about that stuff to know sure you could add that to your diet it's not going to hurt you and it's probably going to help you over the years they had a couple products i did want and we would call them and they're such a small company and they're using such high quality ingredients that their margins are so small that when they bring out a new product they can't sell it to us wholesale they don't have enough margin So there's no way for us to buy it, put it in the store, and make any margin without cranking up the price. And then I would just tell you, why would you buy it from us at a higher price when you could just go to them and get it cheaper? So that's usually the reason with a small company like Paleo Valley. Bulletproof was the opposite. They started getting so big, and we we used to be one of their biggest retailers. We're not anymore. They have Whole Foods and all kinds of grocery store chains. Now the problem becomes we can't count on them filling our orders. So we put a product in the store. We tell people, look, we have this. It's a great product. We put in all that time and effort. We buy inventory, and then we all of a sudden we can't get the product from them anymore. They'll just say, we don't have enough. Try next time. So usually – Every one of these is is probably going to be a different answer. And then occasionally somebody will bring out a product, and if it has one ingredient I don't like, we may not carry it just because of that one ingredient. Okay. I see that with Dr. Marcola sometimes, looking at his ingredients. Like, oh, there's an ingredient there that's questionable. Like, how can he sell? How can he Sometimes we all give in a little bit on something. We go, ah, oh, you know, we don't really like Most that. Only, only a little bit in there. Yeah, you got to kind of figure the, the risk versus reward. So occasionally we mm-hmm. do that as well. So there's no one answer. And here's the other thing. Right. Maybe sometimes it's just we haven't had time yet. For us to bring a new product in the store requires a four or five different people in the company. I, I'm the one that reviews it, checks all the sourcing, make sure it's a product we'd be willing to handle. Then um, I usually try to build the first contact and relationship. Then I hand it off to Lisa. Lisa handles negotiating all the wholesale pricing, shipping, all that stuff we have to do to get it in the store. Then it goes to Aaron. Aaron's got to build it on the website, which is you know a lot of work mm-hmm. for just one product. And then Brittany gets involved to write the copy and bringing in a product for us is a lot of work. Um, just this weekend, well, I guess it was for some reason I feel like it's still the weekend. I don't know. Must be my new uh, semi-retirement status or something. Um, I think it was yesterday, which wasn't the weekend. Um, Lisa and I went over several new food products that I'm really, really excited about getting in the store. I'm not going to say what they are yet because we just started the process. She actually went and found all these this time. I I now need to go review them and, and start this process, but we may be adding 10 to 15 new food products in the next month or two just as we have time to be able to do it. Cool. 
All right. I just looked down and the phone calls are busy, so I'm going to get to them. Let's uh, let's go to Alabama this time. Paul, welcome to the program. Howdy. Hey there. I'm just I'm just bouncing hey. my way up I-59 in Alabama. What a lovely piece of highway. Not. Oh, I can't even imagine. I will be shooting down, which way am I going? 76 to 71, I guess. So I'll be I'll be getting in there sometime tonight, I think. Yeah, yeah well, I'm, I'm, back, I'm headed towards the truck show, but I've got to go to West Virginia and make a couple of deliveries first. But I'll be probably over in Louisville on Thursday evening and... Uh, yeah, so I'll be there for the truck show. Well, I guess I'll see you um, on Friday then. I got, I got, I know what'll happen when I get to the Pittsburgh power booth. I won't be able to leave there, so I got to make sure I go around and look at everything else I need to do first. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, I set up a couple appointments. I got to go meet. Yeah, I try to meet with all of our partner companies. At least stop by, say hi, hang out in their booth a little bit, answer questions. Um, I, I have to do the same thing. I have several I'm going to hit on Thursday before I even get to Pittsburgh Power because once I get there, I'm kind of stuck there the rest of the day. Not that I mind. I, that's just a yeah. great booth to hang but out in. That area will be really busy. That'll be like a whole another show right there in that corner. You know, yeah. it, we we actually create like traffic issues. Um, that area started as, you know, our partner companies. We tried to keep everybody together. They've stayed there over the years. And it's right there where you have to come through that doorway by the crazy nuts that smell so good. And then there's like yep. a traffic jam right there in that corner all the time. With all the crazy nuts. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. All the crazy nuts. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, just talking about crazy nuts. I'm just wondering, do you understand the significance of the passage of time? I don't know. Well, that's what Kamala Harris was talking about. I don't know oh, oh, done. oh, she, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> when I heard that, it's like, sounds like she'd been out at a nightclub and she's had too much to drink. And, you know, we all, we've all had that friend or someone we knew that they had a few and they just start rambling shit and never they said just, anything in his boat. They yeah. just say a lot of words, but they fail to make any sentence that even means anything. And yeah, well that, not only does she her. say a lot of words that don't mean anything, she says them as though it's a Sesame Street episode. Yeah, Ukraine is a small country in Europe beside another country in it, Europe it, called it, Russia. Beside a, a bigger country called Russia. And Russia decided yeah. to, to invade Ukraine. And, well, that's just wrong. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like an episode of Sesame Street that doesn't make sense. I'd rather just listen yeah. to Bert and Ernie. Yeah, well, they actually made more sense. A lot of sense. <laughs> I learned a lot from them. Yeah, yep. So, right, I'll see you at the truck show. See you then. Looking forward to okay, it. Okay, thanks. All right. Let's, uh, hey, we've got a, oh, where did he go? Oh, there he is. We've got a special caller today. Normally a guest. Well, we're still going to call you a guest today. It's John Walco. Welcome. Uh, thanks, Kevin. How are you? Good. And uh, yeah, yeah. thank Hold you on, for that. Let me put you away from uh, 
speakerphone here. Hold on. Yeah, you are sounding. There we go. This will be better. Oh, that's much better. I even have to turn. (laughs) All right. That sounds good. Um, Before I forget, let me get busy talking about stuff like we always do. I got to thank you for that dinner the other night. Not only was the food awesome, but the conversation was just incredible. That was I could have gone on. I could have gone all night. <laughs> we could have well, sat there and sat it in my truck all night. Uh, well, I'm sure we. Dinner, it was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure we don't want to do it on the radio, but I do need to hear the ending of the story. Ah, <laughs> uh, which one was that about, about the women of my life? Or that, uh, that was the women's <laughs> story. We never got to the end. <laughs> Oh, I don't even. No, I can't say that one on the air. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. That'll require another dinner. Yeah, it's going to require another dinner. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the paths we've both been down just just it amazes me. It's hilarious how similar. So uh, yeah, and we'll we'll leave it at that. So, but hey, one of the reasons I wanted to call, and again, I, I love the destination health and what you've done for me, particularly. I mean, following what you do and then taking it on my own. Uh, with the reading and so forth, a lot of books that you'd recommend that are on, that are on your list and and so forth. And the you know uh, keto to to uh, you know I'm, I'm carnivore-ish as Saldano calls it now or trying to be um, you know and, and and I love the ferment thing. I do ferment some of my own stuff as we've talked about too. Um, and let me let me jump in there real. And this yeah. is why our conversations never end because we keep jumping in on each other. Oh yeah, let me talk about that before I forget. And I have to take notes when we're talking sometimes. But you were part of the reason I started thinking about this. Remember back when when you first started eating this way? It wasn't that long into it. I think you were up in the mountains on some sort of a project, so you were hiking all the time. And yeah, yep. you actually said. You know, I kind of just leave my meat sit out, and and you know what? So what if it ferments a little bit? Do you remember that conversation? <laughs> oh, absolutely! Yeah, no, yeah. no. I was staying in a hotel. I was on this job up in Messina, New York, uh, right across from Ottawa. Yeah, right, right on the St. Lawrence. That's a really cool little old school hotel. We rented rooms in for months at a time for our crew, and um, I had one little little kitchenette, and I'd I'd get my ribeye out. 6 a.m. before I left, and and I'd cook it for dinner. I'd skip lunch and I'd just sit there, and you know, <laughs> it just tastes better. You know, it's the aged meats and so forth. And and you get to thinking, especially when you start reading up on paleo and how we evolved and the things that we ate, starting as is is scavengers. Um, you know, we, we were scavenging eggs probably. I mean, that was one of the things I think made us sure. brain grow big enough to hold on someone's trying to beat them we're going to ignore that um but uh yeah yeah so you think about it in the time frame too and you know i'm a big fan of uh, einstein's theory of relativity and, and and i don't want to get into your previous conversation with paul there about time but time is relative it, right and you know you can think well they ate bread in the bible and you know we started farming 10,000 years ago do you realize what a blip that is on the, the radar screen of our evolution like it, it's I, it, it's it, it's not it's not it, it hardly registers one of the and i think i told you this at the dinner that night cuz we were on this topic one of the best visualizations i've seen is in a documentary called the perfect human diet it's actually pretty old now i think um, one of the first documentaries about a paleo type diet and their, their visualization was they had a football field and they started on the goal line at one end of the field and they walked 
99 yards down to the other goal line, and they stopped there, and they said, this is most of human evolution. And then they got down to the one-foot line, and then they got out a ruler and started measuring inches. And they said, here, when we get down to inches, here's when we started eating grains and domesticating animals. Right. It, it's pretty amazing to think about, isn't it? And, yeah. And, you know, yeah. one of the stats that I've read that, you know, our brains have actually for the first, well, I would say for the first time, it's been about 10,000 years, uh, are actually shrinking. You know, so so we, we we peaked in brain size, you know, you know, eight or 10,000 years ago. <laughs> like that's that's, that's yeah. kind of scary, actually. Yeah, and, you know, it, it is. Works. What, what are we going to be in a, a million years from now if we continue eating what we eat? I don't know. But uh, well, there's another know, way to think about this, though. So, you know, we we well, I think my brain works pretty well. I mean, uh, you do. I mean, look at the things we're able to accomplish with our brain. But what we may not realize, what if there's so much more? What if our what if we could be a lot smarter? What if the last 10,000 years have made us dumber and we could reverse that? Now, that's kind of exciting to me, you know, especially I oh, think absolutely. about my grandkids who started eating like this before birth. Their mother ate like this. Their father ate like this before they were conceived. Now, they've been right. eating mostly like this, and I think if they could keep this up, how different of a human being might they be at 40 or 50? I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I really am. Yeah. I, I even look at look at my kids who eat the standard American diet, and, and even people that close to me look at me like I have two heads when I talk to them about what I'm doing diet wise, and think I'm the one who's going to going to keel over from a heart attack, which is one of the reasons I wanted to call and tell you a story about my buddy. Um, and meanwhile, you know, I go for a bike ride with my son, and he can't keep up. You know, and, and little things like that, and and you know, yeah. his body, you know, at at 25, his body shape is starting to change, and you see where the different diets carry their weight and so forth. And you're, you're, you're shaped by it. And like mine is changing in a different direction. Like it's, you know, my, my shape right. has changed since I started eating like this and I don't work out a lot. I do enjoy my cardio. I, I enjoy my bike rides and my skiing and so forth, but you know, I'm, I'm firmer and tighter. I, I, I my, my gut's going away. You know, it's, it's different. Hey, you know, it's, it's different. I, I got to jump in there. So mm-hmm. on this trip, zero activity. None. I drive. I sit at this dinette working on the show and the technology and doing the show and writing some things. And I go to bed. I I get a little bit of activity outside. Not much whatsoever. Nothing you should even call activity. And I started eating pretty strict fermented carnivore. And it's been about three weeks. I didn't bring a scale with me, but I noticed and I've been wearing a lot of sweats because I can. Um, I put on jeans yesterday, 30s. They are almost, they're falling off when I walk. And I thought, what the (laughs) hell happened? So uh, then I take a shower, I get out of the shower. I'm like, I can see my abs. Where did those come from? (laughs) And I'm doing nothing, nothing. And and I've been doing this for eight years. But this changed to, you know, a pretty strict fermented carnivore. And I'm still seeing even better results. It's it's amazing, yeah. I I, I love it, and, and eating fewer things is is an interesting uh, line. Even though my grandparents, who you know are ahead of the generation that ate a bunch of processed stuff and TV dinners and who knows what, my my grandma always cooked. But 
in, and they were they were grain heavy. I mean, she cooked pierogies and halushki and so forth, but used real butter and had real meat. And there, you know, the butter sat out for you know the whole time, and it, it just it, in a lot of canned. I don't want to say their stuff was fermented, but every now and then I think it was kind of turned in the <laughs> right, right, right out that garden. Yeah. They canned yeah. everything, and you know it was just it, and kept it for years. I mean, you'd go down to the basement and get something they put up years ago, as they called it, and you'd eat it, and it was no big deal. And Grandpap did his own horseradish and stuff, and like you know, a lot oh, yeah. of things yeah. that were that yeah. were you know, but the diet wasn't that diverse. No, they didn't eat that much different stuff. It wasn't like we do now. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't, you know, not that there weren't options for them, but they just didn't care. You know, it was, you know, it was the same thing over and over again. There was, you know, one or two nights a week, and you know, Grandpa would have a nice steak. And um, really, really funny story about my Grandpa and his steak. He he spent a little too much time at the bar one day, and Grandma just burned the crap out of it <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> he got home late. And sat down and proceeded to eat the whole thing right in front of her. And she said, well, how's your steak? He said, it's the most delicious steak I've ever eaten. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> but that was their relationship. And she lived She lived to be 105, and he made it to 94. Um, she was six years older than him, so she was already 100 when he passed. Uh, but, you know. And- you know, here's, here's something else you just made me think of. And, again, this is why we never get to finish our stories. Um, you just made me think of something else. We all have those stories. We almost always say grandparents. Oh, they smoked, mm-hmm. drank whiskey four times a week. They and yet he lived to be ninety-five or one hundred and ten. Or we always talk about our grandparents that way. Mm-hmm. Those stories are going away. So we might oh, say, are. "Oh, look at over the decades, we've increased the." average lifespan I, we did although that's going backwards now for the first time ever but averages can be deceiving i don't hear many of these hundred year old stories much anymore now you see them in the no, news absolutely not. but you don't hear people talk about their grandparents living that long like they used to i don't think they're living that long anymore i don't think most you people live that long you can get me on a roll here on big food big pharma government healthcare you know the whole thing i, I could i could go on a roll about this right now if you, it, it, and again i don't believe it's a conspiracy theory if you can actually follow the money there's so much bullshit out there oh, right. and we we call it yeah. you know whatever free speech but if you look at the amount of money the the pharmaceutical companies are making selling cholesterol medicine and and diabetes medication and so forth it's big 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 business and then huge. highly processed foods are also great big huge business and you see the profits, and you can look it up, and you can see who's making money. And if they could keep us alive on, you know, on Rebelsis and on whatever that other all the other shit that they advertise on yeah. TV yeah. all the time, you know, to we're eighty or eighty five or whatever, great. You have a shit life; it doesn't matter. You live it to be eighty something. You're on this drug for thirty years, you know, yeah. hundreds of yeah. thousands of dollars from somewhere went to pay for it. Healthcare probably, which means our health insurance goes up through the roof. It's it, you know, it's it's not. The new requirements or any other bullshit about healthcare. So we're so we're, we're so unhealthy. I mean, and there's I, I, so I, much drugs being paid for out of that system. So I've much said of this, this money. For years. I've said this insane. for years. There there is no answer to our health insurance problem. We can't. There's not enough money on the planet to solve our health insurance problem unless we solve our health problems first. Absolutely. But you look at the trifecta of big food health insurance companies 
and big pharma together and the well, amount of money that, that that machine generates we're going to have to make it a quad system in general we're, you know what i mean it's, it's, not, it's just it's crazy so not a trifecta we're going to have to make it a quad because you know we've got to throw big government in there and officials oh, and and de- or uh bureaucrats from big government move in and out of those other industries over and over and over. Those four industries, oh. you, you just it's like it's like musical chairs with their CEOs in and out of government and corporations and their lobbies. And you can, don't get me going on CEO. Okay, we could we could no, go I on know. healthcare and and the oil companies and so forth on that right now. I mean, there's so many that that that, that and that's something that's happened in the last 40 years and. And you could call it, you know, just business or whatever and, 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 and capitalism in general. But, I mean, the CEO pay and executive pay is just something that's completely over the top and, and feeds this. And you're getting – and they play musical chairs. They're in and out of government. They start lobbying firms after they retire or whatever and make some more millions. And then they buy some politicians and they get the, and they get everything moved their way. And it's on both sides. You can't blame one side or the other for that at all. Nope. So it's just nope. – it's, it's good business. I mean, what are you going to do? You've you got a chance to make some money and it happens to be legal. Which which is the case of you know somewhere where the government could maybe regulate but absolutely does not because they all make money off of it eventually if not now and you know some people yep. could actually maybe step in and do something good and they won't instead they'll regulate a small businessman out out the ass but they're not gonna they're not gonna stop and you know anything on on the big end so right and yeah, and without being overly dramatic or melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, this this impacts all of our lives every single day, and that was really what your call was about, how this right. does impact our lives. Well, yeah, and I want to get to that because this could affect a lot of our listeners, you know, and, and again, we're similar. We're all really similar to my friend that passed away, and, and as we were sitting in my truck at Pittsburgh Power that night after dinner, um, I was – I'm going to hear my phone chimed a couple times there. Oh, well, I got yeah. the text that my buddy died. So that was oh, so I, I I pulled out oh. on the road. I picked up my phone. I'm reading my my phone and driving. It's like you know, I got I got I got word of that as I was heading out. So you know Thursday was funeral home. Friday we put him in the ground. You know it was it was it was a beautiful you know it was really well done. I mean I I I generally don't bind to that. But if you're going to do the full on funeral thing, it could have been better. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's leaving behind a 13 year old daughter. 55. Oh, same so, as me. We, we've oh. been friends since 14 or 15. Um, wow. Small businessman like our truck drivers, uh, a lot of stress. He, he ended up, he had a little concrete business that he and his dad started. Uh, his dad started when he was uh, probably 12 or 13, but uh, they had one pickup truck and some trowels and some other stuff and started doing sidewalks and grew the thing into one of the, probably the biggest concrete contractor in the area that do these wow. they were specialized in ultra flat floors for um, a lot of these industrial parks that have popped up around here on old industrial areas, you know, the old, old brownfields that got turned into to industrial parks. Yeah. They, they yeah. kind of had a niche uh, doing you know, big flat floors and uh, nice business. I mean, at any given time, they'd have 10 to 30 employees, depending on time of year and how much stuff they had going on. So Jan had some stress in his life. His name was Jan. How bad? And he loved life. I mean, he he was a hunter, fisherman, liked good food, you know, very, very omnivorous and, and had his starter heart attack about five years ago or seven years ago and uh, went down the heart healthy diet path after that. Oh, boy. Um, cut out things that he loved, you know, cut out the eggs, lowered his cholesterol, was on cholesterol lowering drugs, everything that you're supposed to do that your doctor's telling you to do. And seven years later, he dies of a massive heart attack. 
you know, just like completely no warning. Um, you know, they've been doing all the stuff that they tell you to do, eating lots of grains, having oatmeal in the morning, you know, no more, no right. more bacon and eggs. Like, yeah. Oatmeal and orange juice. Um, and, the, and yeah, sugar, with with the, sugar, sugar with more sugar. With a, with a <laughs> bagel and margarine, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That was a yeah. heart healthy diet. Right. And he right. and I got together, I don't know, last time I spent a significant amount of time with him, had me about a year ago. As you know, as life goes, we don't stay in touch with friends as well as we should. But we got together one day. I ran, literally ran into him at a red light. We pulled over and um, ended up gra- grabbing dinner together. And, you know, he saw that I'd been losing weight and he wondered what was up. And I'm like, you know, I was going, doing the keto thing. And he goes, oh, man, he goes, his doctor would kill him. Like, I can't, I couldn't do that. You know, it's like just completely. I know. Again. I, it, I know. It, it, you know, had it, he gone it, the it, other it, direction seven years ago, whenever he had his first, who knows? But how do you tell someone to not listen to their doctor? Like, like, where, I, what do you do? Yeah, well, I do it all the time. Um, <laughs> every day, I do it every day. Don't listen to your doctor. Unless you're, if you're injured, if you cut your arm off, go to your doctor. If you roll a rock over your hand like I did, absolutely, I want a surgeon. <laughs> They're really, really good. But don't ask your doctor about health. And when your doctor tries to tell you what to eat, tell him to shut up. He doesn't know what to eat. He was never taught. He was taught how to prescribe drugs. So, yeah. you know, I, if I could wave a magic wand, I would love to be able to take him back seven years and let's say, let's try it this way and see what happens. Wouldn't that be incredible? Or, or, or you know, get him, get him a consult with, with Dr. Wilson. He, he had the means yeah. to do that. Like, he, he could have done that. Yeah. Um, you know, you know even, okay. even at the... It was at the funeral. I mean, they they talked about how healthy he was eating and everything. You know, it was just, and I, and I had to bite my tongue. I'm like, actually, he wasn't. Like that made no, me look not at all. Like I wanted to yeah, say that, exactly. and, I, and I could. Right. So yeah. Right. So, you know the um, the show, The Biggest Loser. That mm-hmm. was oh, yeah. that was everything they told us that was wrong. You're going to eat low fat. You're going to eat low calorie. You're going to be hungry all the time. You're going to work your ass off on machines and workouts till you're you hate us. But you're going to lose weight, damn it. And they usually do. <laughs> and yeah, you look at the records. They almost always gain it back. And the guy, the trainer, had a heart attack. Well, he's been living like this <laughs> really? whole life. I didn't know that. Yeah, Bob. Uh, oh, I just drew a blank on his name. You can go look it up. Um, he had a heart attack a year or so ago. Maybe it was two. Um, and then the next thing you know, you used to see him on commercials for smoothies and working out and the biggest loser. And then now you know what he does commercials for? What? A heart attack drug. Oh, really? His his natural way obviously didn't work. So now he just, he actually promotes a heart attack drug. He does a commercial. Oh, my doctor saved my life. No, your doctor's food advice killed you almost, <laughs> and now they have a drug that'll keep you alive for thirty more years. And look, I could have a heart attack tomorrow. I, there's, I could get cancer this week. There's, there's no guarantee oh, any I, of us aren't going to get I could something do. like that. I mean, now the I can chemicals that I'm in touch with and I, I that I breathe I'm not going to get a metabolic disease. I'm not going to get diabetes. I'm not going to get high blood pressure. We know how to fix all those things. There's still a lot we don't know about cancer. Heart attacks could happen without us really having any kind of warning, a stroke, who knows. But if you look at the paleo world that's been around about 10 or 15 years now, it seems to be pretty rare. 
look at the low-calorie, low-fat group, and it seems to be fairly common. No matter how many drugs they're on, they still suffer from all these health issues. It just keeps you barely alive, it seems. Like, and again, uh, there's profit in keeping people barely alive or dependent on the oh, drugs. It, they've, they've got that system perfected. Bob Harper is the guy's name. Matt just sent that to me. I I I just simply um, I I want to enjoy life. I don't care to live forever. I, I'll be surprised if I live as long as my grandparents do. I, I, but I might kill myself skiing off of a something that I should have skied <laughs> off of at seventy years old. I, I I don't know that, but I want to be able to. You know what I mean? I want right. to be able to feel well enough to do that. And the heart attack thing, I think I try to give myself one every time I ride my bicycle. So I do my own stress test all the time. I watch my heart rate on my. Uh, on my little Garmin watch, and I'll, I'll park myself at a 150 or 160 for like an hour. And I, I feel like, well, I survived that. My heart must be okay. <laughs> the, the fact that you can stay at 160 for an hour is impressive right. at any age. It gets, um, I've got to push really hard to do that. I mean, it's it's getting to the point that's now awesome. it takes me so long to get there. You know, it, and the more I do it's it, the harder it is to get there. But my, I was just going to say, you know, isn't that a yeah. really good sign that you can't get there yeah. sometimes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. But, you know, here's my problem is I'm way too competitive, and I'm competitive with myself. So when I hop on that bike, I have that crazy app that I use, and I'm racing my last time I did it. So I'm not just out pedaling my bike. When when I get on my right. bike, I, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, on a, I'm on a Strava segment right now. I'm going to try and do my best time on it, and I do that, and that's what I do. So if I don't beat it, you know, I'll be mad. I'll come home, and I'll look at it. I'll immediately download my watch to my phone and check Check my numbers, and I'm like, oh, damn it, I was, that, was, that was only second fastest on that one, you know? Yep. <laughs> and it's all rough yep. right now, coming off a of winter. I haven't ridden much, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, the heart rate will climb quickly for the first couple of rides, and then next thing you know, it's going to be a, a pain in the ass to get it there, and I'm going to have to work, and you know, that'll be it. It's, it's, it's what I do. You know, we're, <laughs> we're down to two minutes, and i got to cut you loose, and i got to say okay. goodbye. I, I, for the people on hold, I still have a couple calls. I'm going to continue after I close out the show to get to your calls, so we'll still be live streaming on Let's Truck. I'll have to say goodbye to the audience on uh, TNC.live. John, here's the thing I know. You and I get this. We understand all the benefits. We'll keep working on it. We'll keep making it better. But I hear in your voice the same frustration I have. How do we get other people to do this? Isn't that like what you think about all the time? Don't you really really just want to share this so much? You do. Uh, You really do. And I try different ways to, as an example or whatever. And again, with my kids, even it's really hard, you know, and we yeah, talked about my daughter. I, I really want to send her out to see you. I mean, she refuses to listen. And, and, and it's to the point now where they've got her hey, on, you know, anti-immune hey, real quick. I, I may yeah, have said this to you before. Send yeah. her to my son. Mm-hmm. He's better. Oh, I want to. I, I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll say he's better. And I think they would relate better. Your daughter's going to look at me right. like an old guy like you, and oh, he's just one of my dad's buds, and I, I think oh, she I'll, would do I'm gonna... much, much better with Mike. <laughs> and I'm going to have to disguise it as like a fun trip to Oregon or something. Like, yeah, there, you like, I, I, there you go. There you go. Hey, hey, hold the thought. But all right, hold, hey, get going. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, don't don't go anywhere. I don't want to rush this. I'm okay. just going to close this out for the. Uh, For all the listeners on TNC.live, thanks for joining us. We're going to wrap this up today. We will see you back here tomorrow. As always, be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. 
All right. So, uh, John, I just didn't want to rush that goodbye, so oh, you don't okay, have cool. to hurry. Yeah. Uh, no problem. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 like I hear that in your voice. Um, I think you and I love this. We, you know, find new ways. We're out pushing things. We're both competitive in that way. We both love to read and learn. So you've been a great addition. Like I said, some of the ideas you've given me, that whole idea of if all you eat is meat, what's going to happen to your gut bacteria? Well, I don't know. What if all the meat we eat has a bunch of bacteria in it? And and would that build our gut bacteria? I think most of the food they ate was probably somewhat fermented and loaded with bacteria. So maybe that's part of what we're missing. We're eating the right foods, but everything's hyper-sanitized. So this idea of let's eat the right foods, which is mostly animal products, and let's ferment the hell out of everything. Well, like, like I've said, when did we start refrigerating food on that timeline? Oh, that food, football food, that, even smaller. That, it's, we, you know, we'd have to have what, a microphone to measure that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and and we evolved just fine. We became the, the the dominant species on the planet. Yeah. By eating that stuff, right? So yeah, it, and it, you know what? Yeah. We weren't we weren't falling over dying from it either. No, not at all. Nope. I, I, and again, I you, you watched, see these things. I, I actually oh, watched an episode of Bear Grylls, more than one, where he came across an old animal carcass that something else had killed, and it looked like mm-hmm. it had been there, and he was eating off of it. <laughs> you know, you probably cut through, and it probably formed something around the outside of it, right? So you, you cut that off, and you get it. Yeah. Right. That, that doesn't that doesn't freak me out at all, to be honest with you. I don't. Maybe I'm weird. It just doesn't bother me. It really sucks. <laughs> oh man, we get, we get freaked out if they don't have our wrapped in plastic and styrofoam. <laughs> So there, there. I'm a, a, a big Anthony Bourdain fan, and one of his trips to Italy somewhere, he toured this place where they'd had meats hanging in this in this cellar for hundreds of years or something like. Well, that one's been there for I don't know how long. I'm like, oh god, that looks delicious. I bet it smells wonderful. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, we just need yeah. to get back to more of that. But I, I, I think for a lot of us. Our biggest frustration is we just want more people to do this. I, you know, I just spent a week with my family, and I'm the youngest of seven by a lot. My oldest sister was 18 years older than I was. She died during the last year or two, and it was pure diet-related. I mean, diet and lifestyle, there was no doubt. And, you know, I have a brother who's been a diabetic for 20 years, a sister who's been a diabetic for probably that long. Um health does not run in my family. Long life doesn't mm-hmm. run in my family. But here was the beauty of it. They, we hung out a lot this past week and I did almost all of the cooking and they absolutely loved all of the food. They, and their shock was, you mean we could eat like this every day? And I said, not only could you, this is how you should be eating every day. And <laughs> when you can show them how good the food can be, it, I think yeah. that's one of the most effective things I've been able to do. My, my new business idea, and I don't know when I should pull the trigger on this, maybe soon, um, we've built the house to be a bed and breakfast. It's not done yet, but we could have five full suites. The coach could be in the driveway. That's another suite for a couple. Um, I've got some property I could throw a couple of yurts on. 
And my, I'm going to run like a week-long retreat, seven days. You come and we, we immerse ourselves in this. I'm going to, I'll do all the cooking. So you're going to eat the right way for a week. You're going to be amazed at how you feel, but we're also going to learn how to can, how to ferment, how to pressure can, how to, all of that, you know, how to make food. I just think if you could immerse people in this, especially a couple at the same time, you could really turn people around. Yeah, for sure. And the thing that happens, and it doesn't take long, and I'm somebody who used to spike and dip his blood sugar and eat too much. And and I've said the story before while I was sitting at that desk at Pittsburgh Power after three years of that, after being self-employed and on my feet and doing things on my own, I was able to to, to keep my weight off, you know, even though I wasn't eating the right stuff. But once I had a desk job for a while, um, it went on quickly and I shot up to, you know, a lot of people don't think it's much, but I was like 220, maybe a hair over. But that was for a lot. you, that would be a lot. And, yeah. Yeah. And I was not happy with that. I was up to a 36. I wear a 32 now. You know, it, it just, and I was noticing some stiffness in my fingers and. Yeah. Really, I'd resigned. I'm like, okay, I'm 50, whatever it was. You know, I'm 55 now, so I was 52 or something then. I'm like, well, I could just expect this. You know, that's right. a little RA starting and, you know, and whatever. You just, you just accept it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm going to need drugs for that. And seriously, Kevin, weeks. Like weeks after I got grain Weeks. Um, I know. I know. You know, I had I had more freedom. It was easier after I left there because I was on my own again and I was traveling. So I controlled what I eat. I, even on the road, it was way easier than when, okay, if I'd have made lunches and brought them in, I probably could have figured it out. You know what I mean? I probably could have done it there pretty easily. Um, but it was hard. You know, when they say, hey, we're ordering from Novotny's and they've got great whatever and you get this little pizza that's just delicious or calzone or whatever. And, <laughs> right. You know, I'll have a salad uh, with it and think I'm eating healthy. But the salad's exactly. got garbage oil all over it and whatever. It's just right. it, it's so easy. But when you get someone over that hump and it doesn't take long, one, you're eating to cessation. You're not starving yourself. Okay. So you, you, you don't have to be hungry to lose weight. You could eat. You know, meats and eggs and cheese and, you know, I maybe eat a little too much cheese. I, I enjoy cheese. Um, you know, but I, I eat something. I watch what it is. And, and fatty milks, I mean, I, you don't don't touch that no-fat stuff. I mean, the only oh, good yeah. food in, in milk products is the fat, right? Right. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I put a dollop of heavy cream in my coffee. So, you, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what I, that's what I <laughs> yeah. put in in the morning. I, you know, I put a little heavy cream in my coffee. And I do my, I do my keto coffee every morning. I have my own little version of it that I do. But it's it's really simple. It's a tablespoon of uh, of heavy cream. It's a tablespoon of butter, maybe more good butter, and it's a tablespoon of uh, of uh, brain octane. And that's, that's exactly. you know I do that every day. It's and a cup of fat. <laughs> exactly, it's a <laughs> cup of fat, and we love it. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Yeah, and I'm not yeah. hungry till two or three in the afternoon. I do that at seven a.m. or seven thirty, and it's two in the afternoon before I'm even hungry. I'm like, I'm not hungry. Yeah. I'm like, I feel good. Yeah. You know, I'm stable. I've got good constant power. But hey, it takes weeks. It takes weeks I to just, get over that hump. Go yeah, on. I I just had another <laughs> idea. Uh huh. I'm gonna have to cut you loose. I have a couple of calls I want to get to. Then I'm gonna get Go. off the road. Yeah. But I just had an idea. Hey, get me out of here. Yeah. What? Uh huh. What? I I want you to sit down and just make a crazy list of topics. Like anything. And you and okay. I are a show. Oh, we could do that. Yeah. yeah. yeah you I, and I are I've just going to get on here. the phone. No, Probably no callers, no nothing. And we're just going to pick crazy <laughs> topics and talk about them. 
You go do some research. I'll go do some research. We'll come back. We'll talk. I don't care if it's nuclear fission. I pick oh, something. Oh, I don't know. Well, I, I'll, well, I'll, I'll help. I'll help keep you out of the echo chamber. Don't worry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I need. But I think we, you and I, would have a lot of fun with something like that. Yeah, for sure. Yep. All right, Kevin. Sounds good. Go, go get to your callers. Sorry, I hogged up so much time here. Oh, no problem. I loved it. I'm and sure they did too. We will. We will talk soon. All right. Let's go to. Uh, the East Coast. Travis, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. So, What's on uh, your mind today? I just, wanted to, I just wanted to touch base on your on your fruit comments. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, most people don't know this, but fruit's a different type of sugar entirely. It's fructose, and it, it, it's harder for your body to break it down and use it for energy, so it generally ends up storing it as fat, which is people to think they eat fruit to be healthy, but most of what you eat goes to fat. And we could, um, buddy, we could take that one step further with fructose. It is most likely to be stored around your organs and especially yep. your liver. And it's yep. why we now have an entirely new disease that wasn't really around 100 years ago, probably not even 50, um, non-alcoholic Fatty liver disease is primarily driven by overconsumption of fructose. Yeah. So I had a buddy who uh, got a lap band, right? Stomach reduction thing, surgically yeah. made a stomach smaller. The doctor said to me, told him he could eat as much fruit as he wanted. Oh. So he was eating, he was eating two bags of grapes a day and was wondering why he wasn't losing any weight. In fact, he was putting weight on with the lap yes. band. <laughs> it was like, well, you, yeah. you're, you're it, sugar. I mean, that's you know, for the highest sugar content you can find. Did did we ever and and let's think about berries. We say if you're going to eat fruit, berries are the lowest sugar, but we should also look at the fact that in a lot of parts of the country, grizzly bears can pack on hundreds of pounds in the fall <laughs> by eating nothing but berries. You know. <laughs> and then I got one more thing on uh on the, on the grains. It, you said that biblically they say we, we eat grains, blah, 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 right? Well, you look at Genesis 1. They made an offering to God. Cain and Abel did. One was a lamb. The other was grain. God was not happy with the grain offering. In fact, he was quite angry about it. That's why Cain actually killed Abel because of jealousy. But you go back to that. God didn't approve of grain. He approved of meat. I, I really like lamb. It's delicious. Because lamb is one of my favorites, and I know they're little baby animals, but uh, you know what? They're really tasty. Well, the innocence is what makes it taste so good. Maybe that's it. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I mean, that's we just have to understand that's how the world works, always has. Something eats something else. Oh, they were put on this earth for us to eat. I mean, yes. If you want to go biblical again. There you go. I try to stay away from that whole biblical argument because it can be. Oh, I do too. I just want to. Yeah. We need to go with that whole. We've been eating grains. It's like, well, we have been, but grain is peasant food. Grain was what has brought us to the ability to to enslave other men and feed them with the lowest nutrients possible and still keep them alive. We could get pretty deep into that one too, but you're right. That. that uh, it, it, it was emergency food when we were so successful at hunting animals, we would hunt out entire areas. Um, part of our problem as humans is we were too successful. 
Uh, and yep. then, you know, we, we ran out of animals because we got so good at killing them and eating them. And then we had to switch to grains. And now that we have the ability to produce as much of whatever kind of food we wanted, if we wanted to produce enough beef to feed the entire world, we would figure out how to do it. If we wanted to produce nothing but animal products to feed the world, we could do it. It wouldn't even be hard. And if we did it right, it would be better for the planet, too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Technically, we don't even want to feed most of our animals grain. Now, the cow... Well, it it, it kills them. When you feed out a cow, cow, when they go to put it to slaughter, they feed it out. Literally, it is killing that cow. It kills its kidneys and its liver. And if they were to do it much longer, the cow would die. But if they do it just at the point of where they're going to die, and then they slaughter them, then that's when you get the most marbling and it tastes the best. Yeah, now the crazy thing is they can eat grasses when they're young and green, but when those grasses grow up and seed, then those are what we call the seeds of grasses. Those are grains. That's what nobody should be eating at that point. Ruminants should eat the grasses when they're young and green, Nobody should be eating them when they go to seed, and our government told us, and still does, eight to 12 servings a day. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, it, don't, the, don't, the, don't the seeds, I mean, everything has its defense. You know, a lion has its claws, but plants, they have basically proteins but, that are toxic to yeah. animals. So yep. that animals don't eat them. Proteins, lectins, oxalates, phytates, they are their chemical defenses, and that's what kills us slowly. So it turns out the more animal products we eat and the less plants we eat, the better I feel. Absolutely. I've been saying that for years and nobody believed me. This is before I heard you. I'm just like, well, I I, I eat meat because when I eat a steak, I want to go and make love to a beautiful woman. If I eat a salad, (laughs) I I feel gassy and ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, and you want to go sit down and talk to a bunny and say, why do you eat this stuff? (laughs) <laughs> for them i guess it's okay that's their natural diet let the bunnies eat all that and then we'll eat the bunnies exactly all right sounds good travis great stuff we're gonna grab let me check the board here one more call we're gonna go to mississippi steve welcome to the program hi how are you kevin good what's on your mind today Oh, man. Well, you know, I wanted to ask you a couple of things and tell you a couple of things, but your last three calls, I have so many other things I want to talk about. <laughs> okay, um, you go talked ahead. about lamb. You, you talked about lamb just a little bit ago. Lamb, I like lamb, but I love veal. Oh, veal is oh, yeah. my go-to. I love well, veal. Veal's pretty um, hard to beat, too, yeah. Veal you know tasty. what freaks people um, out? Most people, not not. Not as much anymore. People are pretty ignorant about food anymore. Um, simple stuff that you would have thought everybody knows. Um, most people probably still know, at least most adults today, know that veal is a baby cow. We don't let it grow right. very old. We kill it when it's a baby and we eat it and it's really tender and tasty. And I don't think a lot of people realize that lamb is not really an animal. It's the word for a baby. So when you eat lamb... That's always a baby, just like veal. But I don't think a lot of people Uh, realize that, but it is. I forgot about it until you just said that. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that the lamb, there are no full-grown lambs. 
uh, lamb means a baby. So uh, yeah. we do eat sometimes very young animals, and they're pretty darn tasty. Um, but we've been so disconnected from our food supply, most people don't even understand real food anymore. Yeah, I've had rabbit also. Rabbit is very sweet, very tasty. It is. You mentioned that earlier. Yep. Um, you also mentioned your new uh, venture that you're thinking deeply about. I would like to uh, let you know that my wife and I, Ashley, would be honored and privileged to be a part of that at whatever the cost is because it would be whatever you charge wouldn't be enough. It would be priceless and such a blast. So the pricing is always the hardest thing we do for anything. Um, the way I'd like to approach it, I would approach pricing on this like the CMC. If you attend this seven days or whatever it turns out to be, and you pay attention, and I know nobody can absorb everything, especially when we're going to, you know, we're going to drink from a fire hose for these seven days, but I know how much value it could bring to your life. I know for a diabetic couple, it would lower your medical cost $20,000 a year. There, there's a lot of value to learning this. My goal, though, is that once I figure out how much value is potentially there, I like to try to figure out how to charge one-tenth of that. That, that's kind of my pricing model for something like this, for a, a, an event, something you're really going to learn a lot. Figure out what's the true value here and then at least start at one-tenth. Now, if I look at this and say, well, a diabetic couple is going to save $20,000 a year, you know, one-tenth, we're already at two grand. I mean, this is not – but you're getting all kinds of food. So it, it's, it wouldn't be a cheap venture. Think of what it would cost you to stay in a hotel for seven days to live and eat, and you learn nothing, and you're going to eat garbage food. So, you know, we have lodging, we have food, and then we have the information. But our goal would still be able to keep it within reach. Hey, my, my, as soon as – I mean, I've been in business. We've talked many times on business. I've been self-employed my whole life. And when you said it, as soon as you started talking about it, I was like, oh, my God, that's easy $1,000 a day per couple. I mean, that's so within the realm of reality, and you're learning, and your life is going to be better. And the technique, to me, that, that, that's a bargain. But, here's, you know, the other, some, here's the other goal behind this. Not only will we totally transform, you know, the health of the couple, you'll walk away with the tools to be able to help other people if they ask you for it. You know, a lot yeah. of people now say, boy, I wish I could share this with somebody, but I don't know how to do this or I don't know. You know, after seven days of – and here's the other thing. You know, I, I've talked about this before. The amount of physical labor I can do these days is kind of shocking. I have no problem getting up at four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, and I can still be going at 10 or 11 at night. And that's the way that whole week's going to be. We're not going to waste a minute. Yeah, Yeah, it would be so much fun. Would that be somewhere near your property there? It'd be in our house. It'd be in the house. Uh, That would be so amazing. Make sure you have your lovely bride. Please put my name down. You have my number. I would love to do that. A couple other quick points. Um, Talking about grandparents. My grandfather died of a heart attack, uh, but my grandmother, 
She drank Ballantine scotch, probably a handle a week, smoked cigarettes like a chimney. I do not remember seeing her eat a lot of garbage. I do remember her eating a lot of meats, and she lived to 95. And she we all went have to sleep. those. She went. Yeah. Go ahead. We all have those stories about our grandparents, but I'm not hearing many of those stories about our parents from this generation. Our parents don't seem I'm, to be making it into the 90s anymore. Yeah, my mom died at 55 of cancer. My dad, I haven't talked to him in quite some time, but he's still alive. He's 78, um, does not eat healthy. However, he did have to change a lot about the way he ate and his drinking and smoking. He still smokes, but he doesn't. He eats pretty healthy now. Um, to my knowledge, he doesn't drink a whole lot anymore, but he got real sick. So they said either you need to shape up or you ship so, out. And our our family doctor believes in the keto method. Oh, good, good. But there's another example because when we talked about our grandparents, you know, making it into their 90s, when they were 78, we weren't talking about health problems. That's in their 70s, Not they were still running around like you know, 40 year olds do today. In their 80s, they might have started to slow down, and then when they died, it usually came pretty quick. It wasn't a long, yeah, my grandmother, lingering illness. No, my grandmother went to sleep between breakfast and lunch. Took had breakfast, took a, took a bath uh, at the nursing home, but it was a very nice one um, for what you can get. Obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. Had breakfast. They gave her her shower. She lay down. They went and got her for lunch. She was she was never woke up, but yeah. she was skinny. My grandfather, my grandpa, he was skinny. Oh, I hey, mean, here's the I, thing. You you don't when we start getting up into sixties, even in seventies, you don't see many fat people anymore. There's a couple things that oh. happen. They either die. Or they actually start losing weight. They start to right. lose their appetite. Right. Um, here's the thing. Here's another reason older people lose weight. They're not as active. This whole idea of exercising your way to weight loss is so stupid. It doesn't work. When people truly get less active is when they tend to lose weight, as long as they eat correctly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I did something this morning. Um, it won't surprise you at all. Didn't surprise me, but I just, I'm in Mississippi. I did about 4,000 miles this week. I'm headed back to Dallas now. I'll be in tonight. Um, make all my food at home. I did a lot of bacon this week. Um, I did some chili meat and this morning I just got lazy, went into the truck stop, got me a egg sausage and cheese biscuit, pulled the bread off it, but it still had a little bit of that breading around the garbage processed sausage and cheese right but i still put it in my mouth (laughs) i put it in my mouth two bites into it i took it out of my mouth i took a drink of water rinsed my mouth out and i've had a headache ever since and i feel like crap And, and i didn't even eat it and and isn't it crazy that you taste that something isn't right it it just it was horrible it tasted like a wet sponge it When the food that I eat now, like I said, there's not nearly as much variety as I used to have. But, boy, I enjoy every bite of this food. I I am so looking forward to um, when I close out this call. I have got all of that pulled pork with green chilies. And I don't know whether I might Uh, make some nachos out of it with some grain-free chips. Or I might have a... uh, just a big bowl of it with some kimchi on top. Uh, and I am, 
I'm just looking forward to it. It just tastes so good. And I can't believe how little variety is in my diet now and how much I enjoy it. Well, it sounds amazing. And I'm sure your cooking is absolutely off the top because you're like me. We're foodies. We love things. I go home and I'm in the kitchen standing for 10 hours getting my food ready for the next week. And when I'm done, I don't eat for the rest of the day and the next day because I'm so full from snacking. I know. When when my family came over yesterday, and I'm I'm out on a campground, I'm in the RV, you know, and I was just cranking out food. I'm like, here, try this. Here's some pulled pork green chili stew. Here, try this. I'm like, why are you cooking so much? And I'm like, well, you were coming over, but more importantly, I'm cooking for the week. I, I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to be at a truck show. I'm not going to have time. I have food to carry me all the way through Sunday now without cooking. Isn't that nice? And I mean, yeah. it's nice because you. I put everything in meal prep containers, and I use my yep. microwave, and it's it. And you know, I I always take some sort of bone broth with me. So, you know, when we cook our food, I do not overcook, so it's always tender and moist. And when I reheat yes. it, I do it slowly. I don't cook it all at once. I warm it up about forty-five seconds and let it sit for a minute. There you do go. Another forty-five yep. seconds, and then I eat it, so it doesn't get dried out. But you just learn, with us being around food, we just learn how to cook it and reheat it and, and reprep it. And, I mean, I bet your food is amazing. You know, I mean, obviously, with you canning, it's good a year later. But, yeah. you know, well, for us actually, that don't can. Actually, yesterday, <laughs> learn. The, the ground beef I took out of the pantry in the coach, I yep. canned it back in 17. No way. Was it still pretty tasty? It was awesome. I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> That's hysterical. That yeah, is 2017. It's been in the it's been in the coach in the pantry for five years. In the in, RV. Uh, it's been in the RV. Holy the Moses! Yeah. Wow. Well, your 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 coach is a is a house on wheels anyway. That qualifies as a moving mansion. But yeah, it, uh, yes, that is crazy. 2017. It's a, it's a working truck is the way I consider it, though. Amen. Amen. It's your house on wheels that you live and work out of. So anyway, um, I hope uh, this new venture does work out and kicks off because I, I will definitely be a part of it. I mean, you count me in. That's at whatever the price is. It doesn't matter to me. I would do it for the experience, for the knowledge, and to have your 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 entertainment for a week. I think it would be an honor and an absolute blast. Um, well, I, I'm going to let I, you go ahead. Well, go ahead and finish up there. I was going to say I could talk to you for hours, but I know you got pulled pork with green chili waning and a highway to uh, tear up. So I want to thank you for everything. And I look forward to uh, talking to you again soon and visiting with you. If this adventure takes off, I would love it. Sounds good. We uh, it, Certainly, it's in the works. It's on the list. I would have a blast doing it. All right. We, uh, we're going to wrap this up. I do uh, want to eat some lunch. I'm going to get on the road and head south and uh, get to visit with a whole bunch of people I probably haven't seen in a couple of years, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I will be doing the live show both tomorrow and Friday. So I'll be getting into the truck show a little late each day, but that's all right. I want to stay, uh, I want to stay on the schedule this week. So we will see you back here tomorrow and Friday as well. Uh, be safe. 
be profitable, be fit and healthy always. Do the hard work and master the journey.